0: May I speak to the glory of God, who is Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Amen. Here we are then, the end of this year, the new year beginning next Sunday as we enter Advent. A year finishes which, to quote Queen Elizabeth back in 1992, has been an annus horribilis, a horrible year. A year we can't wait to get to the end of. At the end of the church year we keep this feast of Christ the King, thinking about Jesus as King, thinking about our loyalty to him first and foremost rather than the world. It is also of course known as Stir Up Sunday after the Collect in the Book of Common Prayer which we now use as the prayer after Communion, stir up, O Lord, the wills of your faithful people, we pray. The recent Gospel readings, Sunday by Sunday, have certainly been challenging us to be stirred up. Last Sunday, we heard the parable of the talents and thus have maybe thought something about how we live our lives as Christians, how our decisions are affected by being followers of Jesus. Today is Christ the King. If you were asked to think of a king, I wonder who would come to mind. Maybe Henry VIII with so many wives and then the Reformation. Maybe, on the other hand, Edward VIII, until he abdicated for love so soon after becoming king. Or maybe Charles, current Prince of Wales, wondering what sort of king he might become as and when he ascends to the throne. What sort of king is Jesus? Across the three years of our lectionary, we hear of three different aspects. This year, year A, the year of Matthew's Gospel, we follow straight on from last week's parable of the talents. What sort of king is this? In the parable, Jesus compares himself to a king who has care and concern for every person, especially those society doesn't care about it is summed up so well in the hymn when i needed a neighbor and the creed and the color and the name don't matter were you there we are asked in the hymn verse by verse the focus of christ the king this year then focuses on God's love and and concern for all people, not just the important, not just the famous, not just the rich, or even the normal, everyone, with a special concern for the outcast, the downtrodden, the despised. God caring for every person. No one is beyond God's love and forgiveness. Two examples from the New Testament spring to mind. There was Saul persecuting Christians, looking after the coats of those who were stoning Stephen to death and then on the road to Damascus he encounters Jesus, is forgiven and has a ministry as Apostle to the Gentiles. This being a pharisaic jew who wouldn't have gone anywhere near gentiles i'd imagine before this happened and then on the cross there was a crook a thief a criminal being crucified next to jesus and the crook says jesus remember me in your kingdom and the response comes back truly i tell you this day you will be with me in paradise. Two very different people in very different situations, but people who experienced Jesus' loving embrace in spite of their history. We are challenged in how we need to respond. It is so easy to engage with, spend time with and care for people either just like us or simply people we quite like or would like to be like. Spending time with people who are different, who are difficult, who we don't really like or get on with is much more difficult. More difficult on a personal level and more difficult as the church whether as a congregation or as a wider body. Sometimes it can be so easy to slip into a siege mentality, surrounding ourselves with those who think the same as us and announce that anyone who disagrees isn't a Christian, isn't loved by God and in fact is going to hell. But where does that come from? Throughout the Gospels we are called to reach out and welcome all people, whoever they are. The creed and the colour and the name don't matter. In the first letter of John, we are reminded that God is love. Those who live in love live in God, God lives in them. In John's Gospel, We hear God so loved the world that Jesus was born so that those who believe in him may have eternal life. Yes, of course, we need to turn away from sin and help other people to do so. Yes, we need to conform our lives more and more to be like Jesus. But we need to do that in the context of love not hate love the lord your god love your neighbor as yourself as jesus answered when asked what the most important commandment was love if we get that right living in love loving god loving others loving ourselves the rest can fall into place as the whole of our lives end up having a different context. How we use our time, our talents, our skills, our resources, our attention, all changes, as does our attitude to other people. It is no longer inward-looking. It is no longer maintaining the status quo by opposing anything or anyone who might be different because we feel threatened. Rather, love is at the heart of it all as we open ourselves to God's love and to God's plans for us. God's plans for us individually and God's plans for the church. Whenever we show love, care, concern, for the least, for the despised, for the destitute, we show it to God. Whenever we don't show love, care, concern, for the least, the despised or the destitute, we don't show it to God either. In the end, we need to make a choice Are we working for God's kingdom or are we not? Are we the sheep or the goats in other words? What we cannot do is say one thing but then show the complete opposite in how we live our lives. Stir up, O Lord, the wills of your faithful people. May we decide to be people who show your care and love to all. And may we see lives transformed by love. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen.